Hey, it's Michael, and welcome to another podcast episode. Before I get into today's episode, we wanted to make an offer to you. If you go to firmsconsulting.com, you will see a pop-up or you'll see a place to add in your email address or you can register on the Firms Consulting website. If you register onto that website, you get put into an exclusive list. And what you get in that exclusive list is samples of the content we have available to FC Insiders. So that said, I hope you enjoy today's episode. We recently had an MBA graduate from a respected, obviously well-ranked school in the United States come to us and say, you know, he wants to join our program and he wants to be a general management consultant. So he wants to leave what he's doing and be a general management consultant. At least he was one of the options he was considering. And I looked at his resume and I looked at this guy and I said, wait, hold on a second. You have 11 years of oil and gas experience in probably the hottest sector in the world today. Why in the world would you want to leave that and become a generalist strategy consultant? I mean, I don't understand your rationale. We we got to talking, and one of the things I realized, and one of the things I wanted to put a podcast out about is, what are the implications of joining McKinsey when you have some deep specialization in an area that's heavily in demand? You know, firstly, should you go to McKinsey, and how do you marry this? How do you leverage the expertise you have versus totally giving it up and you know putting it um, on the back burner for a few years? So the point I want to make here is that. Deep specialization refers to someone who's got like 10, 11 years of expertise. They're an experienced hire, you know. They've got 10, 11 years of experience in the same sector. I'm not really interested in someone who's got 10, 11 years experience, you know, but they've spent two years in one sector, two years in another sector, three years in another sector, because then you don't have deep specialization. You have a lot of experience. There's a difference. So this is about people who have deep specialization and they're experienced professionals. And the point I wanted to make here is that oil and gas experience is one of the most sought-after skills in the world. So I've seen people doing the MBAs with just three or four years' experience get offers that will top anything they would get after they graduate. They just leave the MBAs, and they go off and work in Alberta and Kazakhstan and so on. So the point is oil and gas expertise, if you have it, it is a major trump card, provided you know how to use it, right? So now what this guy was considering when he came to me is he had a number of options. He wanted to work for McKinsey for a few years, or BCG or whatever, and then go become a management consultant and then go into the oil and gas sector. And what I pointed out to him is to say that, well, I think you're making a couple of mistakes here. Firstly, the kind of salary you're going to be walking away from is going to be ridiculously large because the oil and gas sector is facing a huge skills glut worldwide. So what I would recommend you do is that while you may want to consider McKinsey and Bain and BCG and even Deloitte and so on, I want you to target oil and gas specialization because you've got 11 years of experience in the same company showing rapid progress through the ranks. Let me tell you, I've seen resumes. I mean, we see so many resumes throughout there. You've got a unique resume. I know your friends may have told you that you know you don't have the right profile, but your friends don't know anything. The point is, you've got deep specialization. I mean, true specialization, not this apparent specialization. You know, some people try to write up their resumes to make it look like they know things. I mean, this guy knows oil and gas. I had a discussion with him. He understands it. He's got experience across different geographies. He's got international experience. He's been on the operating side of things, which means he, he can actually do things in the field and has been on the pseudo-management side of things. So the, the strategy I was talking him through was that, yes, apply to McKinsey BCG, but apply specifically to the oil and gas teams because what you want to do is, the way you want to enter management consulting is not as a generalist, but a little bit like BTO. Now remember, when you become a management consultant, you define your career around three dimensions. One, what region are you going to operate in? Are you going to be based in the US, Canada, whatever it is? Which sector? Are you going to be working just pharmaceutical and so on? Most management consultants joining BBM cannot pick the sectors. They move across, right? You have to work across different sectors and functions, you know. 
Are you going to be doing strategy work, operations work, marketing work, supply chain work, ETC? BTO, you tend to work in the same sector, although you tend to travel a lot because not all offices have BTO capability. Sector, you work across sectors, but you only work in the IT function. So the strategy I came up with this guy is that I think he needs to be regional specific, but avoid the United States because while oil and gas is picking up in the United States, the demand for oil and gas skills worldwide far exceeds anything in the United States. So you just got to be, I think, regionally flexible. In terms of sector, unlike BTO, he's going to operate in one sector, oil and gas. BTO, you operate across sectors. But in terms of function, unlike BTO, again, he's going to operate across functions, strategy, supply chain, and so on while BTO only looks at IT. So it's a BTO play, but we're inversing the sector and the functional focus. And what I advise him is he's got to go directly into the oil and gas team, spend two to three, maybe four years, there, and then join as an executive in oil and gas. Because if he joins as a generalist, he's not going to be building on his oil and gas skills, which I think will just be a waste of time and money, in my opinion. In fact, he's actually moving himself backward. If he goes into McKinsey as an associate, spends two, three years, then comes out... He may progress in oil and gas, but if he went in as an oil and gas specialist at McKinsey or BCG or Bain, enhance those skills and then come out, he could join as a middle manager to maybe senior manager, depending on his trajectory. And the areas we told him to focus on are Canada, obviously, oil sands. The Middle East, I think there's a lot to be done there, but I also feel that a lot of the major organizational decisions and self-improvement and operational improvement work in the Middle East has been done, so it's more, more of the same. A lot of happening in Russia at this point, a lot happening in West Africa, and obviously Brazil is a new hotspot. So regionally, those are the areas you should target. Functionally, he needs to cut across areas. I mean, he needs to not focus on strategy. He needs to work with a consulting firm in exposure to different areas. And then finally, the point I wanted to make to him is that um, in terms of preparing, while he's technically strong, he needs to read the oil and gas articles placed by the BCG Perspectives, McKinsey Quartley, and so on, and look at the language they use. And the way they take the technical knowledge, which sits behind the article, and translate it into business implications, because they did feel he was very weak in that. But the moral of the story is that when you have a deep specialization in, in a field like oil and gas, and I mean truly deep specialization, you must really think twice about how you want to enter a consulting firm, because I don't think a generalist path is the right path for you. There will always be exceptions to these rules. There are going to be people who've had 11 years' experience, enter as a generalist, and do very well. Yes. But... An exception proves the general rule, right? And in this particular case, I felt that this candidate would gain a lot more if they simply entered as a specialist in the oil and gas team and built their oil and gas expertise and then went back into industry. Because after all, a business school is not a finishing school. A consulting firm is a finishing school. And he wants to have things that enhance his operational 11 years experience so that when he leaves the consulting firm, he can always point out and say, look, while I was an operator in the oil and gas sector, I've now operated on the management side and therefore deserve a management role. And in terms of magnitude of salaries, yeah, you know, if you join McKinsey, it's probably going to get somewhere like $120,000, $130,000 base. You know, forget about signing bonus and so on. They're all once off. If he then served in the generalist path and then went back into oil and gas, maybe he'd get an executive role, right? But if he stayed in the specialist part of McKinsey in oil and gas, he'll get a higher salary to start off with because specialists generally get a higher salary. Of course, we're not talking about PhDs. PhDs always think I'm talking about them when I say specialists. PhD is not a specialist. right? Specialists tend to get slightly higher salaries, but also 
if he continued to work with oil and gas clients who could then see the skills he has and then you know it becomes a self-fulfilling process where he gains more skills as they watch the skills he has and then he can transition to one of those clients the multiple of salaries he would get would be just enormous he'd be an executive or middle manager at least when he moved in so the point i'm trying to make is i think very carefully about what you're giving up when you want to join a major consulting firm firstly you're joining a major consulting firm to set yourself up for an exponential increase in salary in the long term. But sometimes you could be giving away too much if you enter the generous path. So think carefully about the specialization you have and then ensure that when you bring that to the table, you don't lose it when you join a consulting firm. You want to build off it. You want to allow your specialization to put you in a different league with the consulting firms and allow you to build that up. So when you leave the consulting firm, you have something tangible to take back in the industry that shows that you've progressed in your chosen field. You haven't, you know, deserted it and you deserve, I would say, a relatively senior position. And I've seen a lot of people with good specialization walk away from that just to go into consulting because they feel good about it. They feel good to say they have McKinsey on their salary. And let me tell you something. While saying you have McKinsey on your salary may make you feel good, you'll feel a whole lot better when your salary is about 60 or 80% more when you've played your card rights and leverage your differentiation into your consulting stint. Now, just one thing to remember, how do you leverage this? I think there's two things to make do here is that you've got to have a very good cover letter which shows your understanding of oil and gas. You've got to have a very good resume that calls out your oil and gas expertise and the business implication. I think thirdly, you've got to network quite heavily. The oil and gas teams or whatever team that you want to join as a specialist team, and I'm particularly talking about oil and gas because the salaries are so high in that sector is you've got to network with the right people. This is very rarely will you find the oil and gas team or the pharmaceutical team putting out an advert. They do sometimes, but sometimes they just don't do it because they fill available slots through their own networks. So you've got to network early and make yourself known that you have this expertise and then build on it. Of course, the caveat here is when you have 11 years of experience, the question is, can you learn the consulting skills? Now, that's for a different podcast, but the point is, once you position yourself to be a specialist, you have to prove you can learn the management consulting skills. In this particular candidate's case, I strongly advise the mentor do not listen to generalists who want you to do a generalist role. You'll have more to lose if you do that. You need to go the specialist path. You have far more to gain. You can pretty much put your career into a you know slingshot and propel it you know at the speed of light. Don't go the generalist route. You have a lot more to lose if you go down that path. And that's it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed doing the episode. Finally, I want you to remember that the only way to get access to our special offers, the only way to get our special pricing, and the only way to get samples of our content is to join the list on firmsconsulting.com. It's the only way also to get access to our unique advanced content that we make available to insiders. So if you want to get a sneak peek of things, test it out, see what's in there, this is the place to go. And finally, I want to thank you again for making us one of the largest podcast channels around the world for careers and for the 2 million downloads and counting.